live from New York, it's me and Kat Janier. Hi, everybody. Saskin Engineer. That's right. I have reverted into my final form, which is an adorable fuzzy cat. Um, no, we all started out as something different. That's true. We are uh, here. It's time for Ask Engineer. I am the engineer, um, so yeah, you just, you're stuck with me. But it's also joyful. Uh, with me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control um, and also Emperor of the Galaxy. Um, or maybe not. Well, we got. Well, you're supposed to dress for the job you want, so. Who that's knows? true, that's true. You, I, well, you have uh, shoes to fill. Big shoes from yeah. Lee Pace. I'm going to turn into uh, a big giant uh, sandworm mm. and hopefully, yeah. um, you know, help steer humankind in a good direction. Maybe I'm not a cat. Maybe I'm a little mouse um, who sees its shadow in the moonlight. More deep. More deep. Okay, we got an exciting show for your night. Um, some cool coming soon, some t shirts, some videos, some which are new. Uh, and uh, some really cool accessibility content. Um, so uh, come over to Ask Engineer for the next 50 minutes if you want to uh, get your ass delighted. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. Uh, on tonight's show, the code is, well, I'm just going to make everything way more awkward. The code is to share. 10% off an Adafruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. tonight because I get to stay up late because... I'm taking a couple of days off. Yes, so finally. My sleep schedule is part of your savings. So DeShare is a code, 10% off anything in stock. We're also watching Daredevil over again. We're going to talk so about great. Adafruit Live series of shows, including a highlight from the show and tell, time travel, look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and more. Help Wanted, we're going to hit the jobs board, jobs.adafruit.com, where we're posting companies that are looking for makers and people that are posting up their skills. Some main New York City factory footage, some 3D printing and more with Don Pedro. We got everyone's favorite segment, Ion MPI, new product introductions brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. This week it's going to be Panasonic. We got some new products. We got a whole bunch of top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do that on Discord, adafruit.it slash discord or discord.gg slash adafruit where you can join all 32,000 of us. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. That's okay. right. Beep, so beep, let's, beep, beep, beep. what we're going to do is we're going to pay some bills, talk about some logistics stuff, and then we're going to roll right into a highlight from the show and tell. Um, Bill Binko sent a video, seven minutes long. You have to watch it. Grab a box it's of intense. tissues. It'll, uh, it'll hurt you, but it'll make you feel good. And then I'm going to tell you some things that you can do afterwards to help some of these efforts that uh, Bill and others are working on with assistive tech. So first up, Lady Ada, the code is DeShare. That's right. Thanks to DeShare Zone. Yeah, we're going to talk about that They're more. so cool. Um, Adafruit.com slash free. Big news this week. Okay. What do they get? It's back. You wanted the pink feather. So when we put in the pink feather RP2040s, you know, I, I stocked enough that I thought would last us two weeks, but I miss interpreted how much people would want those pink feathers and yeah. we sold out in like four days. Um, so I did get more PCBs, but they just finally showed up. So um, we fabbed a couple uh, thousand more pink RP2040 uh, boards and they are being given away for free when you order $99 or more at the Adafruit st uh, store. Um, it's going to be another couple weeks until we get more. So if you want one before the end of the year, this is it. Um, 149 or more, you get a free STEM QT board, which can plug into the Feather RP2040. We've got all sorts of sensors and controllers and drivers. Uh, you get a different one each time if you make an account. Um, we will otherwise send you a random one. And 199 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping. And 299 or more, you get a circuit playground blue fruit, which you can 
uh, program with CircuitPython or Arduino and it has Bluetooth low energy and all the sensors and buttons built in. So it's an awesome way to get your maker project started. Okay, and don't forget to check our website for all the holiday shipping information. It's December 15th. Do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now please, if you are going to order something. Please, there's tornadoes everywhere. There, yes, there's a little bit of that. So again, the code is to share zone. I want to um, do one quick thing and then we're gonna go over to the live series show. So here's an update from the ground here in New York City. So uh, Lady Ada and I right now are not wearing masks inside because it's only the two of us. No one else here is at Adafruit. Adafruit has been And wearing, we live together. Yes, we should probably mention that. Yeah, we should mention um, that. Otherwise it's a little uncomfortable. Like, I can't believe, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, uh, the signs are all over Adafruit. We're part of the key to New York City. Um, I guess, proactive requirements. Um, everyone here is vaccinated. We also have been wearing masks. And then the Adafruit team has plenty of paid time off for not only the vaccination to get them here, but for boosters and for testing. In New York City right now, the lines for testing have increased. If you know where the city MD on West 4th is, it's all the way to Papaya Dog. That's right, so, it's Papaya Dog level yeah, testing. So that's how we measure things around here. So uh, it's here, it's coming. The cases that we're seeing from the people that know people that are now testing positive are mild, it's good, but it's because people are vaccinated. So uh, right now, Adafruit uh, sends people off if they've uh, had some exposure to someone, somewhere, somehow. Um, they get tested, we also have rapid tests that we do. We deploy those, we give those to the team for free. And uh, so far, so good, everything and everyone has been safe. So uh, we're ready, uh, this is endemic, you know that phrase, we're ready for this. We're gonna get through the holidays together. We're gonna to be doing our shows together. Um, we will uh, put up the shields, shields up, um, as needed. And we're gonna get through this together, everyone. I wanna reassure you, we've gotten through the last 18 months. It'll continue to happen. Um, it's now up to us. There's therapeutics, there's masks, there's vaccines. It's up to every single individual to make this as minimal as possible from now on, and that's what we're doing. And I want to thank everyone on the Adafruit team, and I want to, of course, thank our community and our customers that have been supporting us. Um, we're having a good month. Um, we're doing this thing, and um, we're very appreciative of the patience and support uh, all throughout this. So that is our little bit of news that I try to do every once in a while as yeah. things change. So um, we do a live series of shows. Uh, including this one, Ask an Engineer, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Also do a show until 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday. Doing these for like over a decade. JP hosted it this week. Hug Report, that's what we do here at Adafruit, to JP. And uh, Bill Binko uh, from atmakers.org is doing a bunch of stuff. And he's uh, one of the kind souls that helps a lot of people out there. And uh, I'm just gonna have Bill uh, say it. It's seven minutes, get comfy, watch carefully on the other side, if you want to learn how to help uh, this particular uh, effort and more, I'm going to put some links in the chat. Hi folks, it's Bill from AT Makers, and today I'm going to give you a quick update on Miss Ella Hunt. Now, many of you will remember Ella from the Engineering Ella project that we did about four years ago with Penn High School Robotics in Mishawaka, Indiana. Ella has spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA, which is a degenerative muscle disorder. And when we met her, she could move just two switches, one on each hand. So we created a device that let her drive her power chair with just those two pieces of input. As you can see in the video, she did great with those. She rocked. The kids from Penn helped her and gave her a space to practice. And over the years, we've been able to do other projects with Ella to help her uh, do gaming with the Xbox Adaptive Controller, uh, control her PC, and even work her speech-generating device using the same switches. Now, the reason for this update is that about a month ago, Ella went in for a spinal fusion, fusion surgery. 
unfortunately, uh, everything went wrong in that surgery. Uh, she had a significant bleeding event, uh, lost a colossal amount of blood, and was in dire straits. Really gave us all a good solid scare uh, for a couple days. Uh, the good news is uh, Ella came out with um, uh, all of her personality and all of the joy that she has in life. Um, it did not impact her cognitive abilities at all. Unfortunately, it caused uh, two significant issues. The first being uh, her inability to feel from uh, the waist down, the chest down, and also the inability to move the two switches that she had. Now, it's hard to overstate how big of a problem this is. Ellie uses those switches for uh, most of the things that she, most of the freedoms that she has, she uses those switches to get. Uh, and we decided we were going to reach out and, and ask the hunts if we could come up and try to find some replacement for the switches that she used. Over the next week, I got ideas from around the country, um, everything from uh, LiDAR sensors to uh, different types of relays and FSRs and all kinds of, of sensors we could use. And uh, all of them were possibilities. We didn't know which ones were gonna work. So I assembled a kit. I went up to Elkhart, Indiana last week and was able to sit with Ella and try out a whole lot of things to see if any of them were going to work. Thankfully, I was not alone. Uh, Judy Schoonover, a longtime friend of ours and a kind of world-renowned occupational therapist, was able to come down from Michigan and meet me. And we spent the afternoon with Ella trying different sensors, different positions, uh, talking to her about what she wanted to do going forward, what her priorities were. It's kind of a kind of a great day. The first solution we came up with was based on a strain gauge sensor made by Dmitry Votenchev from Google. It's part of his Mimosa project, and we'll have links avail available to that as well. But it basically detects tiny uh, changes in pressure across a strain gauge that is put on the, the PCB board. The second is much simpler. It's actually just an infrared sensor from Adafruit, the VCNL4040, that's able to detect minute motions of her cheek and give her the ability to um, activate a switch based on when she moved the corner of her mouth. So we spent the afternoon with a system that allowed Ella to actually see this, what the sensors were detecting and help us uh, position things, whether it was on her cheek or on her hand, so that she had the most amount of control. But I'd show you a little bit of that video here. But currently it is looking at Ella's cheek and when she smiles, <laughs> yay, it gives enough of a difference that we can see it here. There it was. Once we knew what we were going to use, we had to get it set up and tuned correctly. So I went down to Indianapolis where Chris Young lives. He helped me both by being a guinea pig and by writing most of the software that controlled the switches uh, and basically turned the basic measurements we could get out of her, her intent, into the activation we wanted, which in this case was a basic AT switch activation. Hi, Here's a look at the first time Ellie Hi. used the switch with her Hi, iPad. Everybody. Hi, everybody. So, this is the second switch, which we have on a tray. And Chris Young and I made you that neat holder. Does it work? Can you control it really well? Look at that. And your finger's hardly moving, but it works, right? All right, so that goes into a little microcontroller relay, which comes out and goes into her iPad. And now check it out. She's like a pro with the iPad again. She's gonna move that little guy. To 
location. Where are you going to put them? Uh, in the shower? Uh, right there? Look at that. How cool is that? You're dragging things on your on your iPad. <laughs> and she's been using this for like what? A couple years. Two minutes? No, no. this switch. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say This right switch. Now. Two minutes? This, this switch is two minutes. So this actually uses all the muscle mem memory you have. It's just lighter than a light touch switch, right? It feels, does it feel the same as it used to? Uh -huh. Yeah. So Ella is using her new switch that fabulous Dimitri came up with. And of course, Bill and crew were able to stabilize it here on her bedside. She's also using it on her chair. Oh. Thank you for coming to help me with my switch. It made me feel happy. That is so <laughs> great, Ella. It made all of us feel happy. Now, as bad as this situation was, I really couldn't be much happier with how the AT Makers community responded. Uh, we got help from around the world. Uh, dozens of people offered to, to send us either uh, software or hardware. Um, the ideas we got were fantastic. So thank you to all of you. Uh, specifically, obviously, to Dmitry uh, Votenchev and Judy Schoonover, uh, Alyssa Wern, um, all the folks at Adafruit, without whose uh, devices we wouldn't be able to do any of this. And this time I want to add a little list of companies here. Uh, I don't always think to do this, but these are the companies that actually pay their employees to support assistive technology projects. So whether it's Microsoft or Google, uh, Makers Making Change, Lesson Picks, my company, or Adafruit, uh, these folks actually see the value in custom assistive technology and makers making it and are willing to put their money where their mouth is. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed this update. I certainly enjoyed making it and doing it. Uh, we've needed some good news over the past few months, and I'm glad to share some. Um, I hope you join us. I hope to see you in the future. And as always, good luck and have fun. And Merry Christmas, right? <laughs> Santa Bill. Coming down the chimney. <laughs> okay, so... Um... I put some what a happy ending. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's always hope. There's always things that are possible, but we have to uh, roll up our sleeves and help one another. And if you think about making and making things, one of the biggest impact all of us can have is work on things open source, work on things that can be shared. Uh, look at what work that Bill and all the people and all the companies and all the individuals are able to do because we decided uh, just to share information. So it's um, extremely powerful. And I've said this in previous uh, videos and more. I don't know what y'all do to get rid of uh, pain in life or whatever, but helping others is uh, the only thing I've found that works. So I, I hope uh, getting the word out about this is gonna be helpful in the chat. Now, a lot of folks say, what can we do to help? What can I do? Well, you know, continue to participate in all these things. You see where your code goes. You see where hardware design goes. You see where your 3D designs can be used. But there is a GoFundMe. Um, Bill had uh, sent me a note, and I'm going to be doing a blog post. Um, right now, the Hunts, they have a new $600 a month not covered medical cost for catheterization. Um, so the ant set up a GoFundMe, and uh, it's verified by Bill. And that is uh, as good as it gets, because if Bill says that is the right one and it's correct, um, always check, uh, trust but verify. And so I just wanted to say thank you to uh, Bill and to everyone, our community, and everyone who's uh, working on this. And uh, so uh, it's amazing to hear Ella's voice through all this. I mean, like- It's so cool. Yeah. And you never know what electronics you're gonna work on 
that could be used for, um, you never know what it's going to be used for. And I think that's what open source is so good at is that you can work on a design and you know, you're, you're creating some code or some hardware for your own use to solve a problem that you've got. And with good APIs and good documentation and open software and open hardware, it can then be used by people like Bill for totally different purposes. Um, and there is this ability to, you know, be, no matter what happens to Adafruit, they'll always have access to the files. They'll always be able to get the source code. Yeah. Like so, no matter how old Ella gets, she'll always be able to maintain and recreate the hardware that she's got now. Yeah, and uh, all of us are going to need help and assistance, all of us. There's yeah. no one who's immune to what's ahead for all of us. So uh, it's just a good idea uh, for the individual and it's a good idea for the group. So let's keep going. We do a show on Sundays called Desk of Lady Ada. We're going to be doing it. Uh, maybe not this weekend. Uh, we're going to see. There might be a special broadcast yeah. because uh, we're taking off, but we'll see. So this Sunday, though, Lady Ada, what was part one of Desk of Lady Ada? Okay. Well, first off, we showed off some nice freaking T-shirts. Um, I also showed off uh, two coming soon designs that I'll also show at the end of this show. The Cutie Pie ESP32 S2, the most adorable Wi-Fi uh microcontroller board you've ever seen. And um, the uh, Feather M4 Ada Logger. So kind of redesigning our, one of our favorite feathers, the Feather M4, to have more memory, more RAM, and um, a little bit uh, smarter low power usage, and an SD card slot. Okay, and then we do the great search where Lady Ada uses all of her powers of engineering and more. This one is something we teamed up with DigiKey with, so you can find the parts you need, especially during this crazy parts shortage, yes. what was it this week? This week, um, I actually showed how to find the different variations of the ESP32 S2, which you can buy on DigiKey. They've got like large modules, small modules, individual chips, but the part numbers are all really similar. And if you haven't learned how to decode them, um, I show how to determine which part number you have. This is partially because like I made the mistake, I ordered the wrong part number, um, but then I wanted the, the type with PSRAM, and so I show you how to use the expressive part selector to find the part number you need um, and then purchase it on, on DigiKey. And they even had some in stock. Um, one thing that someone asked in the chat, and I'm going to uh, just bounce over to uh, us real quick. Uh, this was in the YouTube chat. This is from uh, someone named Sherry. They want to know how to donate without having to pay to donate through, I guess, GoFundMe. Um, why don't you go to atmakers.org and just contact Bill and see if there's any way to do that. But if the family set up GoFundMe, that might be the easiest, best way for them to do stuff. But I put a uh, link to atmakers.org for you, Sherry. Do check that out. Mm. And uh, Bill, if you want, go over to um, uh, the YouTube chat and uh, uh, maybe uh, help Sherry make a donation to the hunts. Yeah. Okay, let's keep moving on. JP does a product pick of the week every single week. Um, it's one of the only uh, shows that I know of that does a live broadcast from the product page. So we're going to show uh, JP's product pick of the week this week. It is the Cricut Featherwing. So just like all of our other crickets, this is an all-in-one robotics platform. It accepts any feather in the feather ecosystem. What's cool about that is it means that if you want to use an RP2040 feather, you can do it. If you want an M4, go for it. If you need Wi-Fi for AIO types of connectivity, you can use an ESP32-based chip. Uh, if you want to do some... Bluetooth things, you can get an NRF52840 feather, for example, and plug it into there. If I take my phone, and I'm using the Bluetooth Connect app right there, if I press the up button, 
I'm moving a servo motor that's plugged into one of the four servo slots on the Cricut. And the way I'm controlling it is that I have a Feather NRF52840 plugged into there, so it's uh, Bluetooth friendly and, and easy to, to control. It is the Cricut Featherwing. Okay, then JP does a circuit Python Parsec. You'll see it tomorrow. And here's the highlight from the previous one. Take it away, JP. For the circuit Python Parsec today, I wanted to show how you can use some loops and the range command in order to create LED patterns. And the way this works is that I'm importing NeoPixel, I'm creating some color definitions, and then I have a ring of 24 NeoPixels. Then I set a couple of variables called even interval and odd interval. And then here is where I am lighting them up. Uh, for example, if I just turn these off and hit save, what you're gonna see is just the even pixels, every other one is being lit up. So if I say, let's light up every one of them, my interval is a step size of one. And now we can go down to, let's say three, we'll get every third one lit. And you can add on top of this. So let's say I want sort of a Christmas wreath, holiday wreath kind of look. Uh, I will set every pixel to green, but then every third pixel will get set to red. So here you can see it with every pixel as green, and then a second later I'm drawing in that second set of them, and that's every third pixel. So now if I change that, how about every sixth pixel is going to be uh, that odd color of red. Give it a second, I'm giving a little pause, and there we go. Uh, so the way this is working is that for each of my little ranges of NeoPixels, I have this for loop for i in range, and then I have the start and stop number of LEDs, and then the interval, which is the step size. It runs through and it sets those to green, and then only at the end does it do my little uh, show, which lights them all up. If we remove this uh, sleep here, and let's set that number back down to how about every other one. Now we're gonna get every other one lit up red, and it happens instantaneously. And so this is how you can use a loop along with the range command in order to light up patterns of NeoPixels. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec. Okay, and I'm gonna have to apologize, but someone might know in the chat from the Adafruit team, I don't recall if Scott is doing deep dive this Friday, um, next Friday, I believe, not because, you know, holiday time. So if someone could, uh, Put it in the chat, I'd very much appreciate it. Okay, time travel. Let's look around in the world of hackers, makers, artists, and engineers. This week, um, we're decorating, and it's beginning to look a lot like Adafruit. Skelmas. So, yeah, so um, <laughs> we got this big skeleton, had LEDs, and it talks, and stuff like that, and uh, we were decorating it for Halloween, and then we're just like, why don't we just keep doing this every holiday season. So right now we're in, um, you know, winter wonderland uh, like times. And uh, this is uh, myself and Ashley. Uh, we were decorating, shout out to Ashley Hug Report for all the great work. This is a photo that Ashley took. I'm gonna zoom in a little bit. And uh, yeah, this is uh, pretty good. And uh, I think it brings a lot of cheer to a lot of people here. Nice work, Ashley. Yeah. Okay, uh, a little bit of a reminder. Uh, if you want, you can give a year of Adabox. We only have a few slots 
adabox.com, give it as a gift. It's a gift that'll go all next year. And uh, reminder, we are doing winter editions. So this ships out in the beginning of the year. Um, we do a winter edition, a spring edition, a summer edition. Winter edition ships January, February time. Yeah, there's there's part shortages. I'm I'm uh, I didn't I knew that there would be a part shortage that last a year. I I didn't uh, I didn't know it would last two years. So yeah. Um, but we, I do have almost all the parts to, uh, for the Ada box, and and, believe, and I'm trying very hard to get them as soon as possible. Yeah. And we'll ship it. It's worth it. Um, okay. But yes, it's exciting. Breaking news. Thank you everyone who let me know. Um, uh, we have a guest host for Deep Dive with Scott. It's Deep Dive with Fummy Guy. <gasps> and so it'll be uh, from the guy doing this uh, for the next couple of weeks. Cool. Help wanted. Jobs at Adafruit.com. It's curated by Lady Ada and I, and we approve all the jobs that are there. We make sure that these are legit, they're good, they're not scams. And we also take a look at any of the folks that are asking to post their skills up. Um, it's a free service that we do for the maker community. We've seen a lot of great connections. A lot of people have got their jobs or they found skilled makers through this, uh, or they uh, posted their skills and they got a chance to work on things they wanted to work on. So this week, Adafruit IO and Arduino programming. It's a contract yeah. position. Innovation senior software engineer, Walmart. Ooh. And another Adafruit IO and Arduino programming gig. So uh, two of those contract, uh, full-time one. Check out if uh, the Walmart gig is remote and uh, let us know how it goes. Um, we're always looking for feedback. So far, people say, I can't believe I got my job through the Adafruit Jobs Board. It's Python on Hardware Time, Lady Ada. Yay, Belinka! Code plus community. That's what we are all about with CircuitPython. So, um, real quick, this is what we do every single week with this. This is adafruitdaily.com, and you can go and you can subscribe to the newsletter. Um, we're going to show the video from PyLeap. That's uh, one of our videos that we would normally uh, show during the 3D printing segment, because when Pedro did this, but uh, Trevor and Antonio and Scott and Katni and the team, uh, Marcos here is doing testing on the app. So it's a group effort, it's pretty cool. It is magic. Uh, when you see what this can do with a phone and not using a computer to get and send Python code to a Bluetooth microcontroller, it is really neat. Um, next up, CircuitPython 7.1.0 beta, three is available. Like I said, we're gonna show that video in a second with PyLeap. Um, you can check out the Boston uh, College students. They demonstrate all their final projects using CircuitPython. It's a thing. If you're doing your final project on it, it's a thing. So you can check out all the projects that were posted up and more. Um, GitHub had a neat uh, code search um, that, they can, uh, that they're rolling out. If you want, you could go to cs.github.com. They're doing a lot of uh, really interesting things uh, and it's, Really helpful, I think, if you do Python in particular. Now, I'm not going to take credit for this, but every time I did like an interview or a podcast with GitHub and they said, what's your number one request? <laughs> I said, yeah. I want to be able to search forks. <laughs> so search hopefully. Forks. <laughs> yeah. And then there's just news around the web. Um, you can see all sorts of things. There's a Python course for beginners. There's a for NeoTrinky, uh, for this mouse jiggler thing. So one of the funny things is uh, there's companies that, well, let me just be really clear too. So Adafruit has a policy never to install spyware. We don't do anything like that. We never will. We don't even monitor our, uh, the employees' uh, internet stuff. Uh, there is better ways to work with one another, it turns out. So anyways, um, companies, because they have everyone working from home, they're like, oh, uh, we noticed that you're not at your desk um, because you know your mouse wasn't moving. So people are making these mouse jigglers, kind of cool. Um, Stargate, 
uh, 3D print, lights up and more. And then from driver's preparation for a robot prototype, circuit Python code for you know the mouse jiggler uh, prank. Uh, there's this really beautiful 3D printed holder. And uh, this is kind of neat. Chinese students learning circuit Python and Python with Moo. And they said, thank you. And also uh, code with Moo is looking for some translation. So I'm going to pop over to the next portion. And that is just a little reminder that Blinka is here. And we have uh, something we want to show you with PyLeap. So take it away. Blinka. Hey, what's up, folks? In this video, we're checking out Adafruit's PyLeap. This is a mobile app that lets you upload projects to your CircuitPython device over Bluetooth. You can pair your mobile phone to your BLE-compatible board by following the on-screen instructions. Then you can browse through the project gallery and select one to upload to your board. Just tap Send Bundle to transfer the code and libraries over Bluetooth. We think this is perfect for educational settings like in the classroom, workshops, or when you're on location. Next up, we're checking out Adafruit's Glider app. This is a mobile app that lets you browse your files on your CircuitPython device over Bluetooth. Using the File Explorer, you can tap on the files to edit them. Whether it's the color of NeoPixels or those sensor values, Glider lets you quickly make those edits over the air. This is great if you want to edit your code on a mobile device instead of a laptop or desktop. In this example, we can easily remove and delete files from the CircuitPython device. Here, we can grab files off Dropbox and upload them from your mobile phone to your CircuitPython board. Once saved to your device, we can use the Native Files app to copy the audio file and then navigate to the directory on the Circuit Playground Bluefruit. Here, we can tap and hold to paste our new audio file to the Circuit Playground Bluefruit. Now, we can quickly change the code and play back this new audio wave file by pressing one of the buttons on the board. We think this new BLE workflow is great for folks who only have access to mobile devices with Bluetooth capabilities. We hope this inspires you to check out Adafruit's PyLeap and Glider. They're available to download for free. Links are in the description. Thanks for watching, and don't forget to subscribe for more videos from Adafruit. So don't forget, reminder, if you want the Python on Hardware newsletter delivered to your inbox, it's that easy. Did you see what just happened? That's how you do it. Thank you, Adafruitdaily.com sign up and you'll get that newsletter. All right, Lady Ada, we are an open source hardware company. And uh, to prove it, um, we do a bunch of open source hardware certifications. And we publish a bunch of guides. And you publish a bunch of code. Um, I had the email a company today. They're taking your um, uh, license off the code and they're saying it's their own. So they could just use it, but they have to keep your name and your, the license on it. And so uh, hopefully they'll fix it. Anyways. I think they will. They, how, they usually do. That's how I could prove we're an open source uh, company because uh, people are taking your code uh, attribution off. Um, yeah, anyways. So let's uh, go to the big board. There's 2,596 guides. Lady Ada, what was on the big oh, board man, this, week, hit this week? 2,600 by the end of the year. Very true. Oh, that's yeah. going to be nice. See, that's my favorite number. Okay, we got numbers. some new guides this week. Um, yeah. First up, we've got uh, we're actually updating the Adafruit Bluefruit Sniffer guide. We're going to add a page on how you can turn your NR52840 feather into a sniffer. Um, so that's coming soon, or maybe it's already live. Uh, so that's it's not a new guide, it's an updated guide. 
We do have one very popular guide from JP. It's the Pip-Boy 2040 wrist-mounted prop, and it has a TFT screen, um, and it can um, play different, uh, um, it has different displays you can select with the joystick and control buttons. Um, it's all written in CircuitPython. JP did a great job. It's got even like a cool like exoskeleton 3D print. From Liz Clark, we got some MIDI stomping pads. Um, these are a um, staple of interactive artists and musicians. Back when I was at the Media Lab, you, you take two stiff things, you put copper tape or tinfoil on them, and then when you press them together, uh, you get a, uh, a switch. And so she shows you how to make this with 3D printing and connected up to a Circuit Playground Express. Um, we've also finally uh, updated the CyberDeck guide uh, showing um, if you want to use these with a hyperpixel, there's like a little trace you might want to cut if you're having signal problems. So we just uh, added that page um, to remove the protection diode. Okay. And then uh, next up, I'm, uh, I'm changing the sizes of these things for you to yeah, help you hold out on. a little bit. Yeah, then there's these guides here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we also had a, um, a whippersnapper guide uh, using whippersnapper to make a no-code temperature and humidity sensor. Uh, the HT20 sensor is the first and uh, currently only I2C sensor we support in Whipper. Uh, but as you might expect, you know, we always start with one and then we add more. And Katni also wrote a guide for the Adafruit NeoSlider with Arduino and CircuitPython code. So if you got the NeoSlider, uh, thank you for being patient. Um, it's, it's holiday time, so we're a little slow, but we are getting to all of our guides as soon as possible. Okay, and then this is just a little bit of a, of a note, because um, I wanted to have like a voice come across, because I'm, I'm in this email correspondence with um, some folks talking about open source hardware. And the thing I want to say is, um, Lamore, the Adafruit team, we've worked really hard and long on getting and, and trying to be a leader and set a good example to get our open source hardware certified. And we did, and we're currently the top certifier of open source hardware. Um, and I think when people want to make decisions about open source hardware, it's a good idea to talk to the people that are actually making and shipping open source hardware. It's cool to talk to giant companies, the Mangs, Meta, uh, Mangs. Apple, yeah. Netflix, Google, uh, Red Hats and all that. But um, there are people that have uh, taken the risk of doing this for a living. And um, I think one of the things that organizations that represent open source and open source hardware can do is listen to the people that are shipping the hardware. So that is my plea uh, to anyone doing open source software and hardware is if you're an organization that is amplifying these makers, please start with them first. And yeah, it's cool that there's giant companies that once in a while get interested in this, but it's uh, a lot of work and a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, and it's been really hard over the last 18 months. And one of the ways that organizations can support open source hardware is to celebrate and elevate them. So hopefully I'll send this message over and the folks who uh, I want to hear it will, will get it. And the voice will be different than just email, because I think email, um, you read it with whatever mood you're in, not necessarily how uh, it's, it's worded. So, yeah, um, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. Like I don't have a PhD, but I have made so many mistakes with hardware um, that I have just learned from like 15, 20 years of experience of what goes wrong. And um, you know, people who work with me on the Adafruit team know this. They'll say like, what about X, Y, Z? And I'm like, stop, I have already done that. And uh, it didn't work, please, please learn from me. Um, yeah, and, you can learn from all of our experiences and mistakes yeah. in, in a lot of ways. So yeah. anyways, there's a lot going on. And um, we're going to continue to try to be good leaders, a good example. 
Uh, hopefully our community will be proud of us. We're advocating for a lot of important things for open source software and hardware. And uh, sorry to be like, you know, a little cryptic with this. Um, hopefully I'll talk about it more, but we really want to see some positive change in direction in what some folks are either calling open source hardware that's not. And then some of the things that are happening in the industry that um, I think the open source hardware companies like Adafruit and SparkFun and Seed Studio, Seed and just like DF Robot, Bunny, and, Bunny. You know, um, we're the ones. That, yeah, we're the ones that are we're trying really hard right now, and I think uh, we should be in the, the. We should have a seat closer to the the front of the class, <laughs> uh, when it comes to helping steering the decisions on a lot of these things. So, anyways, let's do some factory footage. Speaking of open source. And it wouldn't be factory footage without seeing uh, this giant Disney Plus 
um, I guess, receptacle for the <laughs> subscription fees that we all pay. Um, and you can continue to see um, it grow and grow and grow. Uh, it's now blocking the sun. It's so big. <laughs> it's bigger than the sun. So I guess it's going to help stop uh, global warming by just blocking the sun from hitting the ground. Okay. So 3D printing this week is going to be a little different um, because we're just going to show a speed up this week. No and Pedro uh, were kind enough to do a great video about PyLeap, which we played earlier. So take it away. It's speed up time. stuff and more with Noam Pedro 3D Hangouts every Wednesday 11 a.m. All right, Lady Ada, well, let's do a little bit of a break here. Uh, I'm going to make things a little bit more awkward, <laughs> and I'm going to say the code is to share. That's the code tonight, so let's uh, kick it off with I on MPI. Yeah. I on MPI. This week's I on MPI brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit is an I on MPI new product introduction from bum, 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 Panasonic. Hi, Panasonic. Welcome back. Panasonic has been. We visited on, them in New Jersey. We visited them. Uh, they've also visited us, but they've also been on I on MPI. Um, this week, I on MPI is from Panasonic. It's their PIR sensor series, the Papiers. Um, in particular, the EKMC series, which is actually like 15, 20 different sensors. Uh, in different power, color, and uh, shapes. Um, so let's kick it off. So um, the release for the new papiers, PIRs, I don't know, uh, is the um, the square style, um, ultra low power PIR sensors. They use as little as one microamps, which is like nothing. Um, it's like close to nothing. Uh, and that makes them really good for um, detection with batteries. And also if you want to do ultra low power um, detection for reducing your power consumption of some other system because a PIR sensor can, of course, uh, detect when people are around and turn off your heat or turn off your lights when nobody's around, uh, reducing energy consumption. So it's PIR sensors are, yeah, they're oldies but goodies. They are, um, you know, we keep designing uh, newer and better ones. Um, so this is what it looks like inside um, the uh, plastic case. Uh, so there's a PIR um, element for, for sensing passive infrared. And inside is the sensor element, uh, the power circuitry, uh, any passives, as well as an ASIC that does the uh, PIR analysis. So how do PIRs work? Well, um, I'll maybe already know, but I really wanted to use this graphic that Paint Your Dragon uh, drew for me a couple That's years nice. ago. Because it's got a dragon in it. Thank you, Welsh Dragon. Yes. So you see in the top right, the PIR sensor uh, with the Fresnel lens. And the Fresnel lens is actually, we actually don't show the lens so much. It actually takes uh, the two sensing elements and kind of splits them up so they're um, spread out over a 3D space. Um, you can see at the bottom, as the dragon moves between the pink and green element, the two elements, there is a differential in the heat 
um, the infrared measured by the two sensitive um, uh, sensor areas, and you get this analog waveform, which then can be processed by your ASIC um, and turned into a digital signal. And the digital signal can be held for like 10 seconds. There can be a sensitivity rating, so a little bit more processing to uh, clean it up and also, of course, um, avoid false triggers or, or not triggering. So this is the lens pattern that you get on um, the uh, PPRs from Panasonic. Um, it works about five meters away. Uh, and you can see, I think it's like a 38 degree spread. Um, and uh, it's a nice little checker box. So, uh, you know, as long as someone was within that cone of detection, um, you know, your sensor will go off. So uh, PIR sensors are again, like they're not new. Uh, you know, we stock a PIR sensor. You can also get it from uh, DigiKey. And um, this is kind of what most people think of when they think of PIR sensors, kind of big blocky circuit boards. On the back is all the circuitry. Usually there's a BIS 0001, I think is this chip and then all the passives. These are kind of big and they're hard to integrate into your design. What is kind of cute about uh, these Panasonic ones is they're so small. Everything is contained within the can. So there's uh, EMI resistance, and of course it's much smaller. And since there's only three pins, you give it power, ground, and the signal pops out. That's it. So there's like no tuning. Um, it's you know smart. Again, it's much lower power because you don't need to have this you know, extra regulator, this extra chip. Um, and they come with a couple different lens options. So again, this one is a square lens. Um, but, uh, you know, here's the CAD um, PDF file, but there's also uh, different lenses if you want. The new one is the, the square, but I do want to give the whole family some love. Um, use is really easy, as you see, you just give it some power. And then, you know, the output um, is very weak, but that's okay. Usually you use it to drive either an enable signal. So, you know, a one, one to 10 microamps of quiescent current draw, you could have this on all the time. And then when somebody's detected, it immediately turns on uh, the enable switch for your electronics and powers up the rest of the circuitry, um, like, or an interrupt pin to take something out of an ultra deep sleep. Um, at the bottom, there's a little bit of a diagram just showing it's really good for X and Y movement, but not Z movement. So if somebody's moving in and they happen to be like right in the center of the Fresnel lens, um, you won't see differentials. I mean, it's kind of rare for that to happen, but just letting you know, people know uh, it's really good for motion across. It's not, sometimes that's why you have to like wave your hand a little bit to get a PIR sensor to go off. Um, and the thing that's really nifty about these is just they're ultra low uh, power consumption. So you can give them like two to four volts, which means they're great for battery power. Um, and there's a couple different uh, members of the family. There's like, I think a one, a six, a 20, and I think 170 microampere uh, quiescent current draw. Why? Because each one's gonna have slightly different sensitivity and range. Um, the more you're spending in current, um, the more processing that you can spend on like, filtration, and the faster it'll turn on, and the, the less spurious time you have at the beginning um, after it uh, powers up. Okay, available on Jujiki. And they're in stock in multiple different colors. So there's like pearl, there, which is like a creamy color, there's white. Um, and there's uh, black, and then again, there's one, six, 12, and 170 microamps. But this is like the smallest and easiest PIR sensor to use, and it's, it works from five meters away. So um, it's still good for like detecting somebody in a room. Especially now people are thinking a lot about how to reduce power consumption, how to make your electronics more green. Um, adding a PIR sensor, you know, yeah. something that's low power means your battery consumption is gonna go down, 
And um, you know, your oil transfer lasts longer. It's not enabled until somebody's in the room. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, we'll have another segment uh, and probably a whole show devoted to a lot of sustainability things. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I thought about that. Okay. Logins. There's a video. Um, you, you told me what uh, clip to pull out, so I did it. It's it's a minute and a half, but it's I think it's a really good explanation of PIR centers and what you use them for. Let's watch it, and then uh, we'll play Ion MPI on the way out. And uh, thank you, DigiKey and Panasonic, for this week's Ion MPI. Here we go. Human body detection sensors are roughly divided into three types, image sensors, active sensors, and passive sensors. Pyroelectric infrared sensors, or PIRs, are human detection sensors that are categorized as passive devices that allow pyroelectric infrared elements to sense motion. Pyroelectric infrared sensors operate on the principle that when a person passes through the detection zone, the temperature of the pyroelectric element changes. When a person enters a detection zone, the initially stable charge of the detection element starts to fluctuate, causing an analog waveform to be generated. When this analog waveform exceeds the optimized threshold preconfigured in the ASIC, a digital detection output signal is produced. This digital output can be used to determine that a person has entered the detection zone. Panasonic's pyroelectric infrared sensors feature ease of use and high reliability, which makes them the preferred solution for lighting, home appliance, and especially Internet of Things applications. An extensive lineup of lens designs and colors are available depending on the application and installation location. Panasonic pyroelectric infrared sensors are composed of a sensor module that incorporates a proprietary ASIC and a compact lens with an optimized design. By enclosing all the parts necessary for human body detection inside a metal package, Panasonic contributes to lower developmental costs. At the same time, the metal package is used to realize excellent noise immunity while shielding off the electromagnetic waves generated by devices such as... And uh, by request, we're going to show the size of it. Yeah, so you always pick one up. Um, so you can actually see if it's a little shiny. Yeah, here's my human hand. There's your human hand. And so this is, is yeah. It's quite small. Here, yeah. yeah. So you can see, there's a lady hand, there's a my hand. Yeah, so you can sort of see the lens uh, there, and you can sort of see there's a little bit of a pattern on it. And then uh, here's the bottom, um, well, which has a, uh, you think you could probably bend this to be breadboard friendly, but um, it's meant to be soldered in, and you can tell there's a ground, power, and output pin. Okay. Nice and square. And that's this week's Iron MPI. Hi, on MPI. All right, Lady Ada, let's roll right into uh, new products. That's the code this week. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do this singer it's song. Okay. Let's kick this off. The very first thing is we have a shirt. It's uh, part of Adafruit's policy to only stock women's sizes first. So uh, as you may know, we don't do NFTs. We don't collect NFTs unless you're talking about nice effing T-shirts. Here, um, here's this a shirt. Is the front. Gonna... This is the back. There's nothing on the back. I'll talk about uh, my custom version that I'm doing. Um, here's Lady Ada wearing it outside of an NFT gallery here in New York City. And we're doing something special 
when you buy this uh, shirt right now, again, it's only a woman's size. Mm -hmm. We'll have other sizes later, but this is how we start, and we wish other tech companies would do the same. Um, you get a party pack with um, a bunch of cool things. And, uh, you know, when I fill out the, the form before I go live on YouTube, it says, is, is this for children? And I say no. So there is some, uh, you know, adult humor in some of this stuff. So I'll let you uh, check out some of the other things that it comes with. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, one could say there's a little bit of cursing here and there. Um, but it is uh, wholesome memes and more. And we wanted to make it clear that uh, we don't do NFTs unless you're talking about nice and t-shirts. If you want to check out our amazing gallery of shirts that the Adafruit team has, you can check out our statement. And then um, we all got together and we decided, like, let's show our shirts because we all seem to collect amazing shirts here at Adafruit. People so, at Adafruit have great taste. Yeah, and uh, there's lots of amazing shirts. Every day we have a stand-up meeting here and I'm like, hey, who has a cool shirt today? Um, the history behind some of these, who bought them for who? Uh, dead inside, but caffeinated. Um, there's retro ones. This is a shirt that was given to uh, someone's dad here. Uh, amazing. Like, it, like there, there's so many neat things that uh, people use to express themselves, like T-shirts. Uh, this is kind of neat. Improvising electronic devices is not a crime. So anyways. Oh, that was sent in. Thanks. Yeah, well, we've had that one. So anyways, that's it. Do you want to show, uh, do you want to hold it up here? Yes, I just had it. Sorry, yeah, right there's a lot going on. Yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful shirt, soft. Um, this is from the Share Zone, and uh, this has helped us out too because uh, we have uh, stalkers and harassers who keep saying we do NFTs, we don't. We don't. Um, and so, unless you mean. Unless you mean nice seven T-shirts. Okay. So, anywho, um, that's the shirt. Uh, if you're not a woman size, that's okay. We'll have some we'll other get some ones later. soon, and you get the party pack with it. Next, uh, Lady Ada. Okay, start of the show, other than maybe the feather, is yeah, uh, we'll we have a new STEM QT board. This is an arcade, LED arcade STEM QT um, breakout, which lets you connect up to four arcade buttons with LEDs built in. Um, and here, thank you, it's a wonderful uh, video of Jelly showing off our um, 23 millimeter arcade buttons. Um, and they have LEDs in them. and. Um, we had some people who were doing projects and they're like, I want to make your MIDI fighters or I want to make an arcade interface. Um, but before you know it, you're using a lot of PWMs. You have a lot of inputs. Um, could you make a version that makes it easy to control these? And in addition, um, our red and yellow um, LED arcades and other LED arcade buttons often need five volts for the LED. They're, they're not designed for three volt logic and power. And so there's a little mini boost converter on there that'll convert whatever voltage that's coming in uh, to five volts. So even if you're running this off of a Raspberry Pi or, you know, an RP2040, that's a 3.3 volt logic and power board, um, the LED will be lit and PWM'd with five volts. So it's I squared C to four button inputs and um, four PWM LED outputs with five volts max current drive. There is a resistor in series. So if the LED doesn't have a resistor, you know, don't worry, you're not going to blow out your LEDs. It's, it's like super safe no matter what. Okay, and you want to show it off? Yeah, I thought I'd show it off. So um, this is the same, you know, I think it's one inch by three inches that our um, other, you know, the Neo key and the Neo slider. So it's kind of a, you know, DIY interface uh, using all the same size PCBs. Um, here I have it plug and played into a Stemma QT port on a QtPi. Um, and there's a little mic controller with four 
address jumpers, and this is connected over I squared C, and it's reading um, the button press, and you can see it's pulsing the LED PWM and 8-bit um, PWM number from uh, 0 to 255, and you can see how responsive it is. Like, That's even nice. though this is over I squared C, the button is red and the LED is written is, is happening pretty much instantaneously. Do we sell those wires? Yes, these are arcade quick connects. Um, they're great for connecting to arcade buttons and micro switches uh, very easily. Um, no soldering is required, which is why I, I particularly like this for if you want to add arcade buttons, you just, you, know, you just plug the JST XH connector in and it's polarized. And then on the other side, um, these, I mean, they're, they're, they're a tight fit on purpose. I kind of don't want to break um, this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't want to break it, but yeah. it's, if you use pliers, you know, they pop yeah. right off. But if you're using your hand, I don't want to, you're not supposed don't. to yank by the cable. We're, don't do know, what I just the, did. The, the demo gods are treating us nice tonight. Let's yeah. not, let's not tempt it. Um, so yeah, the, you don't have to use these small LED buttons. We also have ginormous ones, um, but you'll just make, want to make sure you have the right arcade quick connects for whatever size button you've got and uh, LED uh, okay. socket. All right, and then um, the start of the show tonight, so ideally our community, our customers, the Adafruit team um, is the free Pink Feather. They're back. They're so, back. So, um, you know, that was a new product, but the only way to get the Pink Feather is just to load up your cart, and then you get a free one after you spend yes. $99 or more. And, you know, look at the chart, learn some things, use the code and more. It's and that pink, guys. is this week's new product. <laughs> Pink? Nonsense. Okay, um, let's do uh, some questions. Please go over to Discord, adafruit.it-discord. Join us, all 32,000 of us. We'll get to all of them in the chat the best we can. Discord's the place to go. Let's do some top secret while the questions load mm -hmm. up. Okay, so top secret, and you know we have a little bit of a theme this week, so um, you know, because the, we do clips on the show and everything, I just talked about this, but this is for the top secret segment. Um, I'm going to make things a little bit awkward. So um, if you go to our Flickr set, you saw a series of photos that we did. So this is me. Um, I'm wearing the men's, uh, pictured here, men's small shirt. Um, I've been trying to be healthy, so I fit in a men's small right now. And um, on the back of my shirt, it says bootleg hacker Johnny Depp. And uh, that is exactly what I paid for. It, it is. Yeah. This is what Lamore wanted. This is what Lamore got. And so the reason for this, though, it's not a fun story. And um, I'm going to hopefully uh, send this to some of the people that are being uh, pretty crummy. So we have this statement um, that we don't endorse NFTs. We don't have ETH. We haven't minted anything. Um, we've been asked to do NFTs. We don't. Um, in the past, our team was writing about, like, here's something that's happening in the industry. These things called like NFTs. So we don't even have those as blog posts. In fact, we removed them. Um, we had an author that did a blog post. People said, oh, I can't tell what this is. So we edited it and we said, okay, we don't endorse NFTs. This isn't like a paid thing. Still wasn't good enough. We removed it uh, completely. And then we have an editorial policy that says we're not going to even have those things up. Still wasn't good enough. So what had happened was um, someone took my photo um, from my, like, I guess, somewhere online or something like that. And I'm not a public figure uh, because uh, Twitter won't verify me and Wikipedia says uh, I'm not a you're public deleted. figure. You're <laughs> deleted. They deleted my page. Yeah, you're not fine. notable. And so they took my photo and they said, oh, who's this, like, you know, bootleg hacker Johnny Depp? And um, I, so, you know, we get 
we have a high surface area, and people have photoshopped you. People have registered our our names, our, our names is and made like you know little hate sites and stuff. Um, they took photo. They took some photos from our about page of our team, and they said, "Oh, look, these are just paid actors." They they said, uh, "Oh, no one, no one. Look at all of these people here. There's no way that all these people work together." And then um, you know when we have our um, product pages. Uh, people say, oh, there's no way people have nails like that. Oh, there's no way that people have tattoos every, like every that. Every hand that is in an Adafruit photo belongs to an Adafruit employee. Yeah. And they have a manicure budget too, by the <laughs> way, in case you're wondering. We, 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 we do. We've done that before. So anyways, um, you know, and it still wasn't good enough. So I'm, I'm trying to make light out of it, but I, I do want to send this to someone. You know, I'm a person too. I have feelings like, and I'm trying to take this in stride, but I'm also um, tired of it because it's really hard when um, people are attacking the team. These are people that are just trying to do their job and we sign our names to things. So like our customer support team, they have their name on something and someone uh, is really crummy and, they're, and they decide to weaponize and they, they put things up on Twitter and they Photoshop us and stuff like that and it's not nice. And so while this is funny and I'm doing this, this is with the back of my shirt, says, that's the reason I'm doing it because I want them to kind of stop. So anywho, um, we'll see. Uh, we have some other top secrets, so let's play a video, video, and then let's talk about the floppy project you're doing, mm. and then this very cool board, and then we're gonna do the questions, and then we're gonna get out of here. Hey, Lady Ada, what is this? Okay, so we use this USB to serial converter chip, the CP2104. It's a great USB to serial converter chip. Um, it's very fast, it does all the control lines, it's wonderful, it's a QFN package, but with the chip shortage, it's really hard to get this one. However, I can get the upgrade, which is the CP2102. Yeah, the two is the upgrade to the 04, and it's the N version. And one of the things that I really like about these chips is they have like LED drivers, so this is just showing if I transmit data, the LED lights up. But you have to enable the LEDs, they're not enabled by default. And if you're like me, and you just spent like three days trying to figure out how to enable it, and you're like, it's not working because the N version isn't supported by all the SDKs and the DLLs are not updated and you have the one USB. Hey, by the way, uh, check out uh, this nice person, CR1TBit. They made a fork of this program called CP210X config that compiles on Linux and enables the RX and TX LEDs. Thank you, CR1TBit. You're the best. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I'm testing out some prototypes I just put together. This is an MCP23017 breakout. And people have actually even emailing us asking to make a breakout for this chip for quite a while. And I've always sort of been like, well, just use the dip chip. But I, I can see why some people would want a version that's like plug and play and stem QT. So uh, it's got the MCP 23017, 16-bit uh, IO expander. And then we have eight ground pads on either side. Um, address jumpers on the back, uh, stem QT plug and play connector. And here I'm just testing it out with this simple blank. Uh, using an LED and it works great over I squared C. It is a nice GPIO expander. It has like pull-ups and interrupts and all that. So um, just looks like it's working fine. I'm going to order these and get them into the shop soon. Okay, and then we posted this up. Um, this is a Sony Mavica floppy disk camera and then you're holding a floppy drive. So what is this uh, floppy project that you're working on soon? Okay, it all comes down to Apple Talk. So we had that Prince floppy that Anil came over with and we got the TIFF data off of it and posted it to the Internet Archive and also just on the Internet. And um, what we really want to do is take an image of that disk because you kind of want to get the original like ISO or whatever, like the, the disk image. The problem is, is that if we take an image of that disk, we have no way of getting that image off the disk 
because we have like no other way of transferring the file off. I mean, like we could probably figure something out. Um, but I was like, oh, you know, I should just dump the data off and just take an image. And then I realized like, it's actually not that easy with HFS. Um, and I wanted to also try to get like a flux level copy because apparently like that's kind of what archivists like to do. And that sounds kind of cool. Um, so I was looking at it and I was like, well, I'm only have to do one disk and I didn't want to pick up an applesauce. If you're doing a lot of these, absolutely pick up an applesauce board. But I actually looked at the floppy disk, um, the way floppy disks are read, which is like absolutely amazing um, that we got this to work. It's kind of like magical. Um, but it's, it's something that I think like an RP2040 and PIO would do really well with. And so I kind of wanted to just experiment with like, you know, we have these PIO examples for like NeoPixels and like Ethernet and you know, like HDMI and DVI and like that's, that's all wonderful and, and modern, but like, could there be a PIO interface for direct, um, sorry, a PIO program for the RP2040 for direct interfacing with floppy disks? And the RP2040 has enough RAM that maybe it could store, um, you know, a full sector's worth of uh, flux data and then decode it um, all at once to like look for bit errors and stuff. Anyways, I just thought it would be interesting. Okay. And, um, you know, one thing I've noticed in the archivist community, there's a bunch of people in it, and 99.99% of them are fantastic. There's a couple of vocal folks that don't like new people in. It's gatekeeping. And one of the things I'm hoping when you do this project is going to bring more people into doing retro tech and more because yeah. I feel like some folks, they um, go into some of these archiving communities and they get chased out because they don't know the terminology, they don't know things, so I'm hoping that this will help out. Plus, uh, maybe we'll have some web source stuff for people to play with. I also want to make it open source. I mean, like, again, Applesauce is like the de facto standard and, and it's an amazing piece of hardware. And it's not open source and, and they say it's for a good reason and I believe them. Yeah. Um, but that's just like, whenever somebody says that, I'm like, well, ooh, like, I want to try that. You know, like, I want to build to my own. A, a high standard and whatever we do, we'll try to always yeah. do open source. So, next up, speaking of, um, this is a new board they're working on. Yes, so speaking of PIO, uh, if you have an RP2040, one of the first demos for the PIO uh, peripheral you know, IO manager inside the RP2040 is controlling a NeoPixel. And it's kind of like perfect for that because NeoPixels are like a really weird Manchester-y bit bang protocol. Um, and we have NeoPixelate, which is the library we wrote for the SAMD51 that uses like DMA and massive buffers. Um, to write NeoPixels, but what's cool is the RP2040 can do that without as much RAM because it doesn't need to like do weird stuff with like buffering one bit as a byte or whatever, like weird games. Um, so I took the RP2040 Feather, it took off the SWD connector and shoved everything kind of to the left and then turned a bunch of the caps into 0402s to make an eight buffered output feather. And this actually is like the same size as a normal feather. It looks longer, but it's because I didn't put the mounting holes on the end. Um, so this could be good for driving um, eight NeoPixel strands from an RP2040, which is a lot of RAM and again has PIO. And I also have like STEM QT on it and like five volt buffered outputs. Yep. And you can still use all the feather pins. Those eight um, consecutive PIO pins are not exposed on the header. So it's like, if you wanted to do like an ethernet or Wi-Fi feather wing, you can now have internet controlled multiple LEDs. So not gonna come out for this year's like Christmas decorations, but maybe like Y'all are gonna year. like this. Uh, some of the cool behind the scenes things, you're gonna like it. Yeah. And that is this week's top secret. Oh wait, I have one more. 
Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Breaking so, news. Breaking news. Well, we're should... back. We're back. We're back with some more top secret. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that what I had do, that. What do you want to do? Well, I just have the two boards. All right. I did show these on the Desk Gladiator, but I thought maybe folks would like it. So this is the um, the uh, ESP32 S2 Cutie Pie. So you can see here the antenna, two buttons, STEMI QT port on the bottom, and ESP32 S2. Uh, and there's even battery pads. So you can connect uh, a battery to it uh, with diode protection. And then this is the Feather Ada Logger, which has a SD card on the back, a Feather M4. Um, I added a little button here. I don't know why. I just felt like it, data logging, I kind of feel like having one input is a good idea. And uh, Stomach QT over here. And uh, I upgraded the flash to be 8 megabytes. It's kind of like a Feather M4 Plus. Okay, really for reals this time. No, I'm really done, really done, really done, really done. Okay, we're doing questions and we're gonna speed round it because I gotta get, to, I gotta get you out of here. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, two three minutes speed round, but we'll get yeah, to Yeah, we're gonna get to all of them, don't worry. Okay, ready? Yes. Do 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 here we go. Is the pink feather faster because it's pink? It is, actually. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Yes, okay. it is it is faster and better. And smarter. And okay. morally better. Uh, <laughs> do you need really. to add any input protection when interfacing an analog voltage to ADC? Can you just connect the analog voltage to ADC, what's good practice? That's is? a good question, and it's not an easy answer. Uh, the answer is it depends. Um, so if your, if your analog voltage is ever going to go above the VDDIO, whatever the input max of the analog reference is, which is usually 3.3 .3 volts, but sometimes it's 1.3 or 1.6 or like 2.2 or 3.2. Believe me, I've sort of seen a, a wide range of max AREFs then yeah, you want to use a resistive divider. Um, you can also do things like put a Zener diode in um, with a um, series resistor. And that's how I, did, I do cheap, inexpensive um, protection of analog inputs. And you'll see that on our Stemma ports. However, it does create some loading. Um, so it depends like what the impedance, like how light of your sensor is. But basically, if your analog voltage is never going to go above three volts, you can just plug it into the ADC. If it's going to be above, use a divider. And if your analog driving signal is strong enough, um, a Zener plus a resistor will protect you from over and under voltage. Okay, next up, um, do, you get, do we get to see Lady Ada's uh, Kazinti telepath impression with the fleece hoodie? What are shins? That's, I don't remember. We saw it, but it was like half a year ago. Okay, what's the best way to debug an audible humming when a circuit is under load? I built up a custom PCB. When it's powered, I get a hum, but as far as I can tell, it doesn't happen. On the breadboard, other than a hum, everything works as expected. So the hum is probably from an inductor, um, and it probably means you have like a buck or a boost converter, and it's it pretty, or an oscillator, and it, it really is so dependent. Um, you know, you might have more capacitance on the breadboard, and that happens to be just loading one section. Um, on a custom PCB, first off, build a couple and see if you're getting the same. The other option is just put hot glue around an inductor, and that could just add a little bit of, of, of padding to help it reduce. Uh, it's, it's really tough otherwise. Another terrible, terrible trick is you could connect like a 10 picofarad cap from ground, and then the other side of like the through-hole cap to different points in your circuit. This is like a terrible idea. Really but, nasty. But you do it. No, I, yeah, it is, yes, it is, but it isn't. I mean, this is okay. And you can see where just adding a little bit of capacitive load just kind of brings things down um, from oscillating in the wrong way, maybe. Or if you have a PWM signal 
just make sure it's it's above 20 kilohertz. Okay. It's audible. We're gonna keep going. Uh, the microcontroller available on your for boards was best for a decently real time audio spectrum analysis to render it in colorful NeoPixel matrix M4 with hardware. Flow. Yeah, M4 is the best. Okay, Cut question DS for the DSP. show. Uh, as you know, with antenna transmission, height matters. I'm a condo under uh, HOA rules. Any tips on trying to educate my property management on lower radio and getting a rooftop antenna approval? Seems possible um, with the over-there reception devices that is governed by the FCC and it prevents uh, the HOAs from restricting. So, so 900 megahertz, you're not going to be using a very big antenna um, because this sounds. It's, this is more of like a personal problem. <laughs> I mean, it's a technical problem, but it's like a personality problem. Run for a board seat. I, I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm non-confrontational sometimes, so I would I would just get a really good 900 megahertz an antenna that you can stick onto your window, and like you don't have to put it on your roof. Like this isn't low low frequency. 900 megahertz is actually quite high. You can get like you know a, a pretty good LoRa antenna that's like one meter long. I'm gonna ask a favor from the chat. So I think Lady Eight is brilliant, and I really um, love to see strong, powerful women. Um, express their opinions, and maybe you should be confrontational. I, I do when I get to the end. Yeah, but <laughs> by the time I get confrontational, you know it's really over. You know what? I've seen, I've seen, and, and we've we've talked a lot of, especially women in tech. They're just these guys gang up and they they shut they shut people down, and the goalposts are always moved. And I think maybe you should be a little confrontational when 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 you see something, say something. Okay, but in this case, I would. Yeah. I well, have, you live there, so maybe run for a board seat. That I was, run that for a board my, seat, or just get a one meter and just put it inside your window. It'll work fine. Kill my kindness. Okay. Uh, question might take too long. Maybe this is a, for a different one. Lamore changed how the USB lines work a bit ago. Can she explain uh, why she moved the FET and how it works? I keep looking for the resistors, but it seems to work. Great. Um, this is a, this is a more complicated one. We don't we don't time because it's going to take like five ten minutes. So I post in the yeah. forums actually. Um, it's a good technical question in the forums or in Discord. Okay. Well, uh, the Cutie Pie allow you to make one with the S3 when it comes out. I hope so. Um, okay. I have to. It's apparently the S3 chip is not pin compatible, and also the raw chip is not available yet. Okay. Um, is the Cutie Pie ESP32 S2 the smallest Wi-Fi enabled microcontroller board ever? You could probably eat it without chewing. Okay. Uh, highlighted to 3.5 years ago, I started coding Circuit Playground Express. Now I work as a software engineer at Facebook. I just want to come back and say thank you. When I started out, your tutorials were the only thing I could read. Everything else was too complex. I might have given up without them. Oh, that's great. And here's our request. So I'm going to say this. Facebook uh, meta is filled with lots and lots of people. You can do a lot of amazing work and have a really big in impact from the inside there. Please do it. Take the best of Adafruit, bring it inside there. And uh, I... I think sometimes the management, uh, the things that they say, doesn't match up with some of the goals of the, p the people who work there. So now's your chance. Um, next up, uh, pink news. There's a Jeep that comes in pink. Uh, question, can you perform the over the Bluetooth functions of PyLeap from a computer Linux? Eventually. Okay. Uh, lots of clipping. Uh, yeah, when we get excited, you know, I, I put stuff on her mic, but, yeah. you know, Lady A just had a little bit of too, uh, too much caffeine today, so it is what it is. I'm usually too quiet. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is it. I think oh. <laughs> Someone said uh, my ring. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a spinning ring, so here we go. Yeah. When I uh, send my puzzles to the Batman. Uh, I use this. Okay. All right. That's our show tonight. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Takara's in chat. I'm um, looking forward to working on some articles with Takara. 
costume. We're watching some TV shows. There's some cool tech and more. Um, special thanks to everyone at Adafruit who's been keeping this thing going, keeping each other safe, all of our customers, our entire community, all of you in the chat, and more. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for making us uh, feel good with in, when there's low lows, and thanks for uh, helping us light someone else's candle to keep the high highs going too. It doesn't diminish yourself when you share. I think y'all saw that tonight with uh, Bill's video and more. This has been an Adafruit production. Thank you so much, everybody. Here is your moment of Zener and then some music. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>